Mitsubishi. What is up, Rose? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Tuesday, July 28th. Yes, your ears heard that one correctly. We're doing Tuesday episodes now, or at least for this week, because we're content kings, addicted to the grind. And uh, yeah, I mean, the PLL Championship Series is fully underway. We had a full uh, weekend slate of games this past weekend. So Jake, uh, how, how are you feeling after those first three games of the season? Uh, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely fired up. All right, I'm I'm ready to go. Okay, those PLL game, the the the, whole, the first slate of games was everything is promised. Okay, we got to see all the new guys in the league, you know, really make their mark. Um, we got to see some some new some teams with some new dimensionality. Uh, the, the you know with the Chrome. Great word. Dimension Great out. That's word. right. That's absolutely so early, so early in this episode, and you're breaking out dimensionality. That is, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I've been studying statistics, so my statistics brain is just turned on. Uh, you know, as sexual as you want that that to sound, it's exactly like that. Um, but you know, the Chrome brought a you know a crazy new element to the to the to their offense, and you know they they're looking really hot. You know, it, it might be a hot take for me to say, but you know, do they have the best offense in the game right now? Maybe. All right. And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get to see that. And, you know, we'll break the fourth wall for you guys right now. We're recording at about eight forty-five. The Redwoods chaos game has just been postponed, but the archers is set to go as planned. So we'll see if Grant Amit absolutely snaps off in his first game. So, but you know, who had a pretty good first game. Tell was us. Matt, was Matthew, Sir Matthew Gaudet of the PLL Chrome made some waves this week. Did he not? Matt Gaudet has uh he's taken the entire lacrosse world right he he picked up the entire lacrosse world between his his giant gorilla arms dunked it into a tub of kerosene lit a match lit the entire lacrosse world on fire uh with the saturday night game between the chrome and the chaos and the mics well, the mics were hotter than they've ever been before. Um, so what a, an absolute dominant verbal performance from Mac Aldette. So, you know, the Chrome in general in that second half, phenomenal offensive performance. I mean, Jordan Wolf, um, every bit of one of the best attackmen in the world that he's been in professional lacrosse for the past six years at this point. Um, Justin Gutterding, it, it took him a little bit to get going in that first half, but in that second half, once he found that shot, once he found that stroke, um, he was able to break through from, from blaze. Gutterding was on fire. Uh, uncle Ned Karate just doing uncle Ned things. And so, you know, Gaudet might not have had like the craziest night on the stat sheet. He still got his first PLL goal, which is, you know, great for him in his first game. Um, but where he impacted the game was he destroyed the mental battle in that game. And um, I'm sure as you can tell from the title of this episode, we do have an interview coming up with Matt Gaudet a little bit later in this episode. So I don't want to talk too much about the chirps just yet. Um, but we, you know, listen, I, I think people have to realize, and you're going to hear it from Matt himself, uh, when we get into this interview, but what people need to realize is that chirping is a part of the game. Okay. This is not a guy who went out there on the field and was just acting like an asshole just to be an asshole. This is a strategic, uh, 
it, it's just as much of the game as, you know, running an offense. Like his job in that game was to throw the chaos defense and specifically blaze off of their game um, so that guys like Jordan Wolf and Justin Gunnerding could go to work. And he played his role to a T. Yeah. You know, there's obviously you guys will, we're not, we're not just going to spend the entire time uh, talking about Matt Gaudet because that really wouldn't, do it justice. You know, you guys have your own way of how you feel about it. But if you listen to the interview that'll come up with Matt, with Matt, uh, he explains it very eloquently. That's his, uh, that Yale brain. Uh, he, he throws in some, some, some good takes. So, you know, look, look forward to that. And, you know, personally, my take is that uh, just a lot of really furious lax dads, the only people who are upset were lax dads and chaos fans. And, you know, the league is so new right now that, if you have, if you watch the PLL games with a devoted, I'm going to throw out some big words, devoted uh, rabidity uh, such that you are just like an absolute rabid fan of the chaos right now, they haven't even been around for a whole fucking year. So it's, it's, it really makes you look like a lame person. Like you that's know, just no, fucking no, but, weird. But, but I, I do love that. Like I, I love fan and like, maybe that's just like the, the, like it's a philly thing for i think that that's That's a a philly thing it's a neanderthal philly thing in me but like (laughs) i like i appreciate like the the but like here's the thing if you're going to be a um do me a favor and and say what you uh uh rabidity you you said follow them with a rabidity like like a like be such a rabid fan okay well so, so if you're gonna be such a rabid chaos fan i think you need to understand what your team's uh, you know, what your team's about, right? Like you need to understand your team's identity. And all last year, that was the chaos identity, right? Like you had Andy Towers in the middle of a huddle, in the middle of a game saying that they want to play the game with swagger and arrogance. He said it himself, swagger and arrogance. Is that not what Matt Gaudette was playing with? You have Jared Newman last year screaming to his defenders, you should have, or not his defenders because he's a defender, but, you know, everyone knows the clip. It's been played 5 billion times. You should have slid. You Like, there's nothing that Matt Gaudet did on Saturday night that if it were to come from a chaos player, the chaos fans, the chaos players, and especially mm-hmm. the chaos coach – would have loved. So like that, I, I think that if you want to be a rabid fan, that's awesome. And especially with such a new team, I, I commend those people for being such diehard fans of that team already, but have a little fucking like self-awareness, like look in the mirror every once in a while. Um, but yeah, so we, we talked plenty about the chirps with Matt later on in that uh, interview, but the weekend as a whole, again, you, you, you said, I mean, it lived up to all the, to everything that we thought it would be the first day. Uh, listen, there, there was, there was, I, I think that that Redwoods whip snakes game actually was a bit of a letdown. I think that the, um, the Redwoods are really missing a guy like Jules Henningberg uh, to kind of be a leader mm-hmm. on that offense. I, I like Matt Cavanaugh um, I think is an absolute stud. Um, and, and he's a guy who's probably during this tournament going to need to really be, uh, you know, kind of settling in that offense because Ryder plays the game with such emotion and passion. I don't think he's ever the guy who can be calm, cool, and collected out there. 
Um, and then, you know, Kyle and, and Joe, you know, even they're veterans. So like, they kind of understand, Hey, you know, when we need to push, when we need to stop, but one, they're, they're midfielders. So like, they're not out there all the time. And two, like, I mean, they're, they're getting a little old, like no offense or anything, but like, you know, so they can't be doing everything out there. Um, so I think that Jules was really that guy for that offense and they're missing them. And on the other hand, when, when the whip snakes get to add Zed Williams to that arsenal of weapons that they already had offensively, like, yeah, like they, they lost, you know, you saw what happened when they lost, uh, you know, you saw what the water dogs were able to do with guys like Connor Kelly, um, Ben Reeves, Ryan Drenner, like you saw what can happen when, you know, you take those guys away, but they replaced them with Zed Williams and this guy, absolute weapon. Yeah, Zed was a huge pickup, and I think that you and I called that on uh, after the he got it was the expansion draft. Yeah, during uh, the expand expansion it, or college. No, there were like three different drafts. So this was like I, it was player, it was the player entry draft. Player entry draft, whatever, whatever. I remember distinctly you and I saying Zed Williams is a sneaky pickup, and it turned out to be true. That man has hands. And he is a dangerous weapon. Okay, but at the you know to your point about Jules Henningberg being being gone, uh, it's like playing without your quarterback, right? You know, you're playing with your back your backup quarterback, and fortunately, your back, your backup quarterback in this sense is Matt Cavanaugh. Uh, Matt Cavanaugh, even in the as as the quote unquote backup quarterback back there, still had five points, right? You know, there's a there's a lot to take away from that Redwoods Whip Snakes game because they only won thirty percent of faceoffs and still only lost by four. So they worked pretty well without Jules, but you could definitely tell that something was missing. You know, Ryder is a really, really, really good compliment player. All right? he, needs a, he needs a dominating guy to draw slides, uh, to, to get him the ball, and, you know, he, he'll, he'll take out the trash and pick up the garbage. But, um, I mean, they're also missing Matt Landis. You know, Landis being gone too, you know, we, you know they just played – uh, the PLL championship, the old PLL, last year's PLL championship in the, in the rain delay. And Landis was at every single ground ball, man. He was so disruptive. Um, so you see the Redwoods are missing a little bit, but there's still a lot to improve upon. You know, they only lost by four, winning 30% faceoffs. That's, that's pretty good, especially with the Whip Snakes offense. Yeah. So, I mean, the addition for the Whip Snakes offense to put Zed Williams in there um, to work with that attack is just – it seems unfair, and I think Zed, I, that's, it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone that he came out on fire right away. And on the other end of the field, Kyle Burnlor was just mm. a fucking brick wall between the pipes. Um, and, like, in, in a tournament like this, right, where, you know, 20 games in 20 days and, you know, you only have, uh, you know, each team's only playing these four playing games, like, it, you need – a goalie to get hot like that that's going to be the difference maker like you can't afford to have a goalie have an off game in this just because you know the season is is so quick um so if that first game was any indication kyle burnlor very very hot yeah man you know 70 percent face off and sorry 70 percent save percentage is i mean 68 that's that's huge um, you know, the other thing about the whip snakes is they had a pretty slow start. Um, so I, it, it may, it may not even be a good, a good, 
a good take for me to be like, well, the Redwoods played pretty well, pretty well. The Whipsnakes couldn't hold on to the ball, right? They were, uh, they had, you know, 20 something turnovers. We saw fucking Matt Rambo turning the ball over, which, I mean, he had four or five of those. That's not like Rambo. So, you know, maybe, maybe he, you know, took a midday nap and was a little groggy or, you know, just wasn't feeling it, but you know, that wasn't, that's not the Whipsnakes team we're used to. Um, so that's a pretty scary thing too, uh, you know, imagining them firing on full cylinders. But uh, overall, it was a great game. Uh, our boy Timmy Troutner played okay. Um, I'm sure he wants a few of those back, uh, especially from Zed Williams just shooting the ball from, you know, wherever. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it was an okay game. It was a little underwhelming. You're right. Yeah, it, it just – I don't know. I, I I just I thought that there was going to be a little bit more of a. I, I thought that it, I was expecting fire. I built it up a little bit too much in my head, so I think I kind of let myself down on that one. Still a quality game, um, but just not really the same fire that I was looking for out of the Redwoods. Uh, they had a chance to come out and uh, redeem themselves tonight while we're recording on Monday night, but as Jake said, that game has now been postponed due to lightning. And that'll be, that'll be a Wednesday night at 11 PM Eastern. So boys and girls, this is going to be PLL after dark. Things are going to get weird. Things are Mm. going to get wild Wednesday night, tomorrow night. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, buckle in Um, the second game. So yeah, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit already, but that Chrome chaos game, um, taking away the, the chirp aspect of it. Cause we don't want to beat it to death before, yeah, we, can get, to death. before we get to the interview. Um, I think the biggest thing that I noticed in that game is that the chaos miss Brody Merrill out on the field. Um, totally agree. Because, I, I, I absolutely agree because defensively like, yeah, like, like Jared Newman didn't have it in him on on uh saturday night and you know when jordan wolf took him to the rack three separate occasions in the first quarter alone like obviously that that was a rough night for jared newman that he would definitely like back but not having brody merrill there as the you know again same thing as as redwoods missing jewels like that's their I don't know what their middle linebacker on defense, I guess that, you know, so, um, and, and just having him there as, you know, a calming presence on the defense. And when Chrome went on that run in the second half and especially in the fourth quarter, like you kind of need a guy like that to take charge and, uh, and right the ship a little bit. And I don't know if it was a, I don't know if it was Gaudette getting in everyone's head. I don't know if it was, you know, missing having their leader on defense or a combination of the both, but it was pretty apparent that the chaos defense just was not uh, nearly as, I don't know. They just weren't the chaos defense that we saw from last year. Yeah, they definitely weren't. I, I'm, I'm looking at the stats right now. Um, I, I, and I have to issue a correction. I wasn't reading the stats right. Kavanaugh only had three points. They put the, they put points on the far left column. I, I don't, uh, this is, I can barely read, so this is really tough for me. But, um, yeah, you know, your two biggest offense, you know, offensive production from the chaos was Connor Fields and Curtis Six, and and they both, you know, they had sixty percent of the goals between two guys, right? Everything else was pretty spread out, and your your defense was the chaos defense was actually absolutely struggling. The chaos defense last year 
produced a ton in transition. They probably had the best transition defense and you really didn't get to see them run and gun in this game. And maybe that's something that they're getting used to. Maybe that's something that they wanted to change in the off season. Like, Hey, uh, we did a lot of run and gun last year and we really didn't get, you know, we might've had a great regular season, but it really didn't get us through the playoffs. Right. So maybe we want to slow it down and things like that. And it just, it didn't really work out for them. Uh, the Chrome shot 50 times. Right. So they absolutely peppered Blaze and uh, the chaos to the, to the chaos is 30 shots. You know, it's almost, you know, they almost shot twice as many times. And, if, you know, if I don't know if you guys are numbers people, but if you shoot twice as much, you have twice as many opportunities for the, the ball to go in. So um, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Correct. And, you know, interest, uh, other interesting tidbit is, you know, TK, uh, Thomas, you know, Bones Kelly. That's Bones, right, Thomas? Yeah. Or is that Steven? Uh, no, Bones is Steven. They're, they're all, all Facebook uh, guys. It, 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 whatever. Thomas Kelly. Yeah, if, I was Tom, if I were Thomas Kelly, I would take over the Bones nickname. Yeah, I would take over it too. I think, it's, I think Stephen Kelly is Bones. So uh, TK won 30% of faceoffs. Like that's a, that's super like face-offs are really telling. And, you know, as much as those fucking dorks like to rant about it on Twitter, Jerry Raganese, Craig Grinley, and you guys are absolute face-off dorks. I like you guys a lot, but like, I'm sick of seeing you guys argue about weird acronyms and shit that I don't understand. Uh, it just seems to me that if you're out there winning face-offs, you get the ball more, you have more opportunities to score plain and simple. All right. And that's what happened here with the Chrome game. That offense is high powered. That offense is scary. Uh, I want to see more. Yeah, I will say the face-off matchup between uh, Tommy Kelly and Connor Farrell had to have been the most Long Island matchup in the history of lacrosse. And there have been plenty of Long Island matchups in lacrosse, but that one was just full-on, just full-flid. I will say the the chaos offense in the first half was – every bit as lethal as we thought that they would be, especially with the addition of, um, of Curtis Dixon. Um, we didn't really see much out of uh, Dane Smith and Austin Stotts, not as much as I would have liked to have seen. They, they got in a little bit for man up. Um, didn't really see a much six on six. I, I think, I think in a situation like this in a tournament, that's so, um, just so quick it, it might be a little hard to get those guys out in six on just because they're they're not they're not field across players so it's going to take them a little while to kind of get used to that spacing um you could see it, it was a little bit awkward when austin Stotts was out there on man up he didn't really uh you just couldn't find a spacing in there in, in the crease so you know maybe next season if we have a full season if this goddamn virus goes away um that's when we'll really start to see those guys make a difference but when it's when the offense was clicking in the first half and especially especially that uh fast break with the double btp that ended up with the curtis dixon dunk on the back end um you know when you get fields josh Byrne, and curtis dixon all going they're lethal but they kind of went away in the second half a little bit. And so they went away and the defense completely folded and that's how Chrome comes out on top. So that's uh, pretty much the story of the game right there. I mean, yeah, they almost, they almost, I almost want to say they kind of ran out of gas. Uh, you know, they, they, they were used to the running gun and they ran out of gas and the Chrome, you know, but you know, the, the Chrome midfield was absolutely just kind of freakish during that game. So I, I mean, 
kudos to kudos to the crown, you know. Yeah. Um, then the third game of the weekend, uh, we had the Water Dogs making their PLL debut, and uh, things were going pretty well in the first half. I mean, Ryan Drenner just continues to be the smoothest lacrosse player in the world. He he might not be the best, right? There, I mean, he's he's up there for sure in consideration. Um, but without a doubt, the smoothest. Uh, we saw uh, Drew Snyder come in with a couple big, big splashes. Uh, Connor Kelly, high bouncer. Guess what? Where can you find a high bouncer, Jake? In the back of the net. In the back of the net. I In the back the of the net. Uh, so Connor Kelly, you know, so the Water Dogs, they, they got themselves going pretty early. They benefited from having a guy like Brody Merrill back there, kind of keeping everyone calm a little bit. Um, Charlie Cipriano in net. This is this is a hand up on me. I had no idea that he had that in him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just really wasn't that aware of Charlie Cipriano. Um, but he came. I mean, he had some massive, massive saves in that game. So uh, it was looking great for the Water Dogs, especially in the first half. Um, but you know, they're a new team that haven't really played that much together. Um, obviously, you know, the Atlas have some moving pieces, so it's not like they all have like a ton of chemistry, but, um, you know, just the second half meltdown for the water dogs kind of to be expected with a new young team. I don't, I, I I mean, I guess, you know, I, I guess, but at the same time, it's almost like, you know, where like they were just playing ugly ugly lacrosse in the set like they they had so many so many um just unforced turnovers um oh my god especially that one fourth quarter end of the game less than a minute left yeah less than a minute left you need the pole the pole missed the uh missed the missed the catch yeah Uh, i think they had a timeout and it's like 45 yeah 45 45 seconds seconds, a timeout Uh, the midfielder had the ball and he instead of taking the timeout he tossed it to uh, uh, over the head of a defenseman. It actually, it actually wasn't even over the head. The defenseman just his his face was uh, his mo- momentum in his face was he was looking forward, and at the last second he saw the ball coming back to him, reach back forward, he missed. Yeah, that was that that pissed me off. It was it was just um, it was it was stupid mistakes, and and then a combination of the Atlas kind of dialing themselves in, and Eric Law. My God, yeah, Eric, Eric Law is a freak, and you know they 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 call him the they referenced it a couple of times in the in the uh, in the broadcast. You know they called him the chameleon. He really is a guy who can play anywhere. Um, Rob Pinnell, uh, with uh, was which was to be expected, had a kind of a slow start. Um, putting BJ Grill on him is hilarious. Uh, that is just not the matchup. Um, BJ Grill is an absolute grinder, but Pinnell probably has, and Pinnell's not a big guy. He probably has, he probably has two inches and 40 pounds on, on BJ Grill. And that's, that, that is saying something for Pinnell's height. So, uh, I just, that's not the matchup that you want to see. Uh, but, but I think he did a great job. on. I think he did a great job. He was extremely disruptive. He got all over Pinnell's hands and, you know, Pinnell had no goals on the day, but three assists. And that's, he did, he did have the one. Did he have one? I'm yeah. Looking at he, he, he was, he was tossing that ass back. He kind of, he, he got to like, yeah, you're three, right. You're right. He, like had one, he had three. one, 
one late, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Okay. So, I mean, he got four points. That's, you know, for, for that's, that's pretty solid. But I think the story of that game is, is the water, you know, the Atlas didn't win that game. The water dogs lost it, right? They took their foot off the gas. You've got world renowned, you've got a world renowned midfield. You probably got the best midfield in the whole fucking game. And it's going, you know, you got Zach Courier, right? You got Connor Kelly, and you got Ben McIntosh, you know, on the same midfield line, which is terrifying. Right. Ben McIntosh was huge for the Archers last year. So, and then, you know, Kieran McArdle, who broke all kinds of records with the Florida launch when he was playing in the MLL. I mean, I just, they, they have to reach a point where you're up and you just keep hammering the ball in the back of the net. But again, I, I think that that's just a, like, like who is, who's their guy, right? Like who is the guy who's that quarterback? I would say that it's probably Trenner would probably be my, de facto pick for that um but it just looked like at the end there like no one knew okay like who's about to like like who, who's gonna take this you know yeah, everyone was kind of who's the guy yeah yeah yeah. I, it looked like everyone was looking for the guy to stop the bleeding um and they they just couldn't get like no one decided to go um you know and maybe maybe like you know drew snyder getting uh you know, he got popped a little bit there towards the end. So, like, maybe he could have been the guy. Maybe he just wasn't fit to go. I don't know. But um, while I agree that the Water Dogs, the Water Dogs lost that game more than the Atlas won, but the the turning point, you know, late in the fourth quarter, Water Dogs they have a a, a, a six on four two man advantage on the power play. Uh, I forget who hits them, but Ben McIntosh right in the crease. And then uh, Cannon with just a massive, massive save um, goes down the other way. I think that at that point, uh, Kluche gets himself on the board right there. Kluche with two huge fourth quarter goals. So, I mean, Cannon being an app, like that was a great game out of both goalies. I think in the first two games of the week, in the first two games of, of the weekend, uh, we saw one goalie really shine. Um, you know, this was a game, this was a battle between both of those guys. So mm-hmm. Cipriano was a beast. Kincannon was a beast. And then, you know, they just have guys like uh, Chris Cluche, who, you know, probably, I mean, that, that was probably his biggest PLL game so far of his career. Um, so two big game, two big goals. And, you know, the eventual game winner goes airborne for the brand. What up? Uh, and, and that's that. So, Atlas getting a win early, Chrome getting a win early. Um, you know, so this is uh, already flipping the script from last year. Yeah, it, it's huge. And, you know, one, one thing that, you know, if we, want to, if we want to take a step back and talk about how the game went, uh, one thing that needs to change, okay, if the Water Dogs play anybody remotely with remotely similar colors, they have to have a white. Somebody has to be in all white. Okay, I understand that Adidas is probably making those calls, but the the purple and the blue, that was already confusing enough. And I guess you could differentiate by the shorts, but it was pretty bad. All right. I love the Water Dogs color scheme, but there's a lot of opportunities for like a third, you know, like a like a uh what would you like an alternate, right? There's there's tons of opportunities for that. Um it just it, it wasn't it, it it wasn't hitting for me, if I had to if I had to say. It, it was and yeah it, it's unfortunate because i think that the atlas are 
trying to think about the jerseys right now. That might be the only jersey that really fucks with it. So like they just. But yeah, with the blue archers jerseys are going to be pretty close. Well, well, here here's the thing. Like I don't understand what the purpose, uh, because, like one, there are no home teams in general in the PLL, right? So everyone's traveling. Everyone like whatever. Like why why not have the water dogs wear their their dark purple jersey and have the atlas where they're white like what what's the point of home and away jerseys if no team is home and no team is actually away yeah, like it, that it, it doesn't make any sense yeah, it, it yeah it doesn't make a lick of sense um i don't know maybe that's one of those things where maybe the pll they love to be disruptive they love to get people talking they love you know no press is bad press so maybe this was one of those things where it's like hey like we can get the darren rovells of the world to like talk about the pantones of this purple and the pantones of this Mm -hmm. light blue and say how similar it is and talk about what percentage of america is colorblind between purple and blue and all of a sudden now everyone's talking about the pll because the jerseys are so similar so maybe just maybe i'm on to you rabel family Maybe that was constructed that way on purpose, but um, yeah, if, if not, then just absolute brain dead move to not wear the dark purple and the white jerseys. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I got to respect the, 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 the water dogs color scheme though. I mean, it, the, the jerseys were, were pretty good and all in all that game was uh it was exciting though. Back and it was, forth. It was an exciting game. It was a, it was exciting a back and game. game and I, th- I think a lot of people were, were tuning in to see the Water Dogs on NBC. They they got treated to a show. Um, so yeah, all in all, can't can't complain about weekend one. Can definitely complain about the weather so far on, on Monday night. Um, but yeah, so that was weekend number one in the books. Uh, I feel like right now we should probably turn it over to our interview. Uh, with Matt Gaudet as he takes us to Chirping Masterclass 101, whatever. But, yeah, so here is Chrome Rookie and League Villain, Matt Gaudet. All right, and joining us now, we have the most compassionate, fun-loving, positive vibes only guy in the Premier Lacrosse League from Chrome LC. We have everybody's favorite, Matt Gaudet, fresh off of his PLL debut. Huge win for the Chrome squad. So Matt um, also turned into a little bit of an internet sensation for for some reasons. Uh, Great to have you on and how you feeling after the big win? Uh, Obviously, uh, a lot of positive vibes after that game. I really don't know why I became an internet sensation. I didn't even think that was some of my best stuff. But, um, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm happy about the game. And me aside, I think Connor Farrell played unbelievable. Jordan Wolf, our midfield fielders came up huge, gutterding. But, um, you know, just, just happy about the W. And, yeah, I mean, a little shocked by uh, the, the uh, internet reaction. But, you know. So I, I want to know real quick. So right after that game ended – you go back into the locker room. Um, I don't know if there are any protocols where you have to throw in a mask, wash your hands 50 times, but as when it, you finally got a chance to look at your phone, what, uh, what, what were the notifications looking like? So I had about, well, actually it's funny. Um, I had about probably 500. No. Yeah. Probably about 500 Instagram requests, like 300 text messages, 
uh, Instagram is really the only social media that I had. So that's, um, it, yeah, that's about it. But, um, a lot, a lot of positive and a lot of negative vibes. Um, I got told to take my Instagram off, off of private almost immediately by one of the, uh, leaders of the PLL. So, um, but you know, I just, uh, I guess I didn't really realize how, how much the camera or the microphone actually caught and, uh, it caught a lot, if not everything. <laughs> it, it, it caught every last bit. Um, and it was, it was great. Like this is, you said, you know, you got some love, you got some hate. We've seen the love and the hate, but there's no one in this planet who can deny the fact that that wasn't pure entertainment gold as, as the Chrome were going on for their first win in this championship series. Like no one can deny that regardless of what side you fall on, you cannot deny that that was grade a entertainment. And, and I, I think for me, it's, it's more that, that people like expect me to act a certain way in, in professional sports. And I, I think lacrosse more than any other sport is, there's really not like that intensity to win, you know? And I just, I just fucking bring it. Like, can I swear on this podcast? Is that cool? Absolutely. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Okay. Awesome. Okay. But, uh, yeah, you know, I just, I, I, I give it, <clears throat> I give it a hundred percent and, uh, you know, chirping is a big part of my game. I know you guys followed me, uh, the, the championship or not championship series. Um, the final four weekend, uh, uh 2018 when I was with Yale and, uh, guys caught a few of my chirps there as well but um yeah you know it's just that's just how i play and i i think people are gonna have to learn to deal with that no i i totally get it i uh i, I got a we got a bunch of good friends around the league and they you know they, they they laughed you know i talked to a few of them they they laughed and said that you know that's anybody who thinks that Gaudette is uh is doing this for clout or, or things like that is is an, is an idiot because that's just that's just the game right um, and I, and I totally get that. Uh, you know, I, I figured, you know, to kind of set, set the tone, you know, you're a big chirp guy. I'm a big chirp guy. I love to, you know, uh, I love, I love to, you know, tell guys that I've fornicated with their sister sort of thing and on the, in the, in the beer league type deal. And, uh, you know, it really works for me, but I, I didn't really want to, uh, want to chirp you to start out. I just wanted to, uh, congratulate you on, uh, getting into Yale despite not being able to read, uh, really, <laughs> Really wanted to, you know, emphasize that. That's a huge accomplishment, man. I, I uh, you know, big ups to you. <laughs> I'm sorry I had to. <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. But, you know, I'm not even going to chirp you back because I'm going to leave that stuff on the field. I know you. I know you are, dude. So, so, t so tell me about it. Take me back. Take me back to when, when was the first time that you, because everybody has it. When was the first time that you realized that you were good enough to start chirping people on the field and be like, Oh, I can add this to my game to get inside somebody's head. So, I mean, like, do you want, how far do you want me to go back? Because when, was it, when do you remember? Like, Oh, I'm good enough. I, I told that kid to fuck off. Remember being in high school and like, you know, um, I played for coach Wynn and coach Wynn and you know, I'm going to say it right now. Like coach A is an incredible coach and in no way have any of my coaches ever advocated for anything that I say obviously they're they're more lacrosse players want to win the game before being an I guess an asshole as some people take it but um you know I just remember being in high school and getting chirped and being like fuck like I'm so focused on what that guy just said to me that mm -hmm. like I don't even know if I'm going to catch this next ball you know so um I guess you, you know if you look at it like 
I, I'll, I'll name a few players like Tyler Warner, like guys mm-hmm. that played with Tyler Warner's big and strong. Ben Reeves is tall and fast, you know, like I'm slow, stocky, and like I have a decent stick. So I figured adding this element to my game and getting people off their game, primarily goaltenders, as we saw on, was it Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. 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 Yeah. The days on run Saturday. together. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I figured this is an element that I can add to my game that will help my team out. And I mean, I think the evidence is shown like, a, like do, do goalies play well against me and does it, does it backfire? Like, fuck yeah, it does. But, um, you know, more often than not, I think that people are just so worried about what I'm saying. And I, I cannot, I cannot keep looking at this on Twitter. Everyone's like, you had one goal piped down. It's like, it has nothing to do with how the fuck I'm playing. And it's like, the fact that I only have one goal and you're so concerned about me is like part of my job. It's, mm-hmm. it's hilarious. So, well, I mean, oh, sorry. No, I, well, I was going to say like the one thing that I noticed when they were showing the <laughs> clips of you uh, and, and with the, with the mic'd up, it, like the one goal that you scored, that was the quietest that you were the entire game. Like you didn't say a single word after you scored. I guess but, I was, a but, but when, but when Guddy's like bombing them at low to high, like that, that's when you were, <laughs> That's when well, the Joker laugh came out. But like, that's the thing. It's like, you weren't like, like you reserve it for a special part of your game. It's not like just to be an asshole after you score and you're quiet. Yeah. So, I mean, well, that, when I scored was actually like, it was just like, it's something else people have to understand about chirps is like, it has to be a well-timed chirp. Like you can't just fucking chirp someone. And I mean, frankly, like some people just have no idea how the hell it works, but um, like I scored my first goal and it was eight to five it was just after halftime, you know? So it's like, what leverage, what big thing just happened that I can actually talk shit, you know? But as it started stacking and stacking, like I just kept going with it. And like, it's, it's just about beating a guy when he's down, you know, like it's as terrible as it is to say, it's like, and and like people are like laughing about my laugh, like my cackle. Um, It's like just, just laughing at a goalie after he lets in a goal, like, 50% 50% of him is in the huddle. 50% of him is like, I want to punch that kid right in the fucking mouth, you know? So, um, yeah, you know, I just, I guess the simplest way that I've ever put it to someone is like for the last five years, even when Matt Brandau came in, I've been the third attackman. I needed to add another element to my team's game to give them leverage and to let, get them more focused on the third attackman than the one and two guys who are actually going to put up in like spectacular numbers. Yeah, like that's one of the things I've met. Like, I'm I'm sure that you're able to admit, like, Wolf and Gutterding are are a little bit more dangerous with the ball on their stick than you are. Like, especially as Dodgers. But you go on to Twitter and you see all these people talking about, oh, you know, Gaudet's gonna get his, and you know, oh, if, you know, if, if he carries the ball, like he's gonna get taken. And it's like, yeah, well, like you guys might want to watch out for Wolf and Gutterding. Like, so I, I I don't think a lot of people understand that this is. Like yeah, you're being a, a, a huge, huge, massive prick out there, but oh, that's yeah. but that's the game plan. Like that's yep. and, and then all of a sudden, you know, you got guys who are defenders who are just running around, being like, "How the how am I going to fuck this Gaudet guy up?" And before you know it, Jordan Wolf's diving through the air for his third goal of the game. Exactly. Yeah, especially on I'm not even, I'm not even going to mention names here, um, <laughs> but you know, there are just some people that were just the biggest shit talkers of the league that didn't have a goddamn thing to say and. I don't know. They, it's, it, you know, I, I'm not even going to talk about last game. Um, I think they handle it improperly. Um, 
I guess another thing I need to answer is like, I know it puts a target on my back. It's not like I say this shit and expect to be like, Oh my God, ref, like ref, look what he's doing. You know, it's like, like I'm going to get mine one day. I'm going to get put on my ass. And like, I've, I've come to accept that it's, it's happened way more often than not, honestly. And people kept throwing around the Virginia video when um, I'm not even sure the guy's name, but he put me on my ass. He fucking, he rocked the shit out of me. Like that's going to happen. Uh, we, you know, I, 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 we won't, we won't, you, you, you briefly touched on it, but we won't, we won't have to go back into the, into the game. You know, we won't, we don't have to talk about it. Do you think that, uh, um, and you can choose to answer it. You could choose not to. Do you think the way that it was handled on Twitter, you know, the public outcry, like, uh, people, you know, even some of the other players and coaches, you know, uh, denouncing whatever was going on. Do you think that was improperly handled? Or do you think that was, you know, they were well within the right to talk about it? You know, I, I, I'm not going to give you a straightforward answer. I'm going I'm to okay. say people can think what they want to think about me. You know, like I, I consider myself a decent guy off the field. Um, but I'm, you know, I, I'm here to win. I, I was traded to the Chrome to win fucking games, and this is how I get leverage over people. Um, the fact that people think like a professionalism thing, like clearly have just never watched any other professional sport in their entire lives except for what, maybe baseball, like maybe baseball doesn't like, they don't talk shit to each other. There's not really a good opportunity. Yeah. Well, to. it's boring. So exactly. nobody wants to dance. I don't fucking watch baseball either, yeah. but yeah, you know, it's just like, I, I don't understand why people think I have to act a certain way for them. You know, I, I saw one reply on Twitter and it was unbelievable. He's like, I loved what Godette did. And my 10 year old kid was watching. Obviously I had to explain to him what was right and what was wrong with what he, what he said. You know, and it's like, why are people relying on TV to parent their children? You know, it's like, like, why don't you go ahead and explain to them like that kid's a dick. You probably shouldn't act like that all the time, but he's a competitor. He wants to fucking win, you know? Agreed. I, I think that, you know, so there were a lot of lax dads who uh, tried to use this whole thing as like a, like a, like a, Mike, how dare you? My kid is watching type deal. It's for fuck's yeah. sake. Like you're not, you know, it's to say, you know, Michael Jordan said it in, the last dance, right? He said, I'm not a role model. I've never been set out to be a role model. I'm a competitor. And that's yep. the energy that I get. And, and that's what, that's what I hear. Um, you know, I do want to, we, we won't talk, you know, I won't go any further in the last game, but I, I want to talk about some rumors because uh, I've heard that more than, more than once from more than one player, uh, more than one college player that the Yale boys like to chop it up on the field. Um, do you, can you give us some of the vibes? I, I've, I, you know, to be, to be perfectly honest, I've heard that y'all don't shut up the whole game. Uh, is that a the Yale team? The Yale team. I heard they don't shut up from the moment they get on the field to the moment they leave. And, you know, can it, can it, can you share some of that energy? Can you, is it, is it true? Do you feel like it's true? Uh, what, what's you know, going on there? You know, I, I, I don't think it's a Yale thing. And, and Frank, like I, like there are probably a couple other names I could throw out, like, like Will Renz. I know he's innately an, like an asshole. Um, like me and him love to love to like talk shit to people. Um, but you know, it's like, it's, it's more of like this energy and like, I, you know, some people on Yale can't really chirp. Um, it's, and it's never, it's never like from the coach, like our, our, it's, it's not a team culture thing. It's more of like, a, like I said, you know, it's like we just bring that fucking energy and like in bringing that energy, you know, you, you have to, I guess, ruin some lives out there. Uh, it's but, the loudest guy gets hurt, right? You know, the loudest yeah. guy in the room gets hurt. Probably. Yeah, probably. Um, 
And you know, it's, uh, and like, as much as people want to say that Yale is a bunch of assholes, um, I will stick to this till I die. I probably brought that. Like Ben Reeves will tell you himself, like, I've never chirped someone before until you got on the field, you know, like it would, like, I feel like I'm just like, it's, it's, it's funny. It's, it's just con- contagious jackassery. Exactly. Yeah. You no, know, it fires people up. And like, I feel like there's a lot of teams that I've been on that just totally thrive off of that energy. Um, and, and never have I ever been like, boys, we should talk shit, you know, like that's something I do. And I think it's just like, like you said, contagious. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think the Yale boys do a fantastic job of bringing the energy. Um, I'm usually too loud to hear anyone else chirping, if I'm being frankly honest. Um, yeah, um, now, it's, it's, a, it's not a Yale thing. I, I will defend you at the end with that. Now, now do you think that being a, a good old Ontario boy kind of gives you a little bit of an advantage when it comes to the chirps? Because I feel like it's like a inherently – Canadian thing, which is a little bit weird too, because I feel like a lot of Canadians are big on the, on the respect aspect of the game. Like, Oh, you can't be that disrespectful out there. But then also like, can, like you look at hockey players, they're chirping constantly. You look at a guy like Drew Doughty, um, who, who I see a lot of similarities with you and just in terms of the, the chirping abilities, maybe a little bit of the looks as well. Like you've got some Drew Doughty in you. Um, but just, I, I feel like, just some good old Ontario boys were just born to let the chirps fly. Um, so do you think that that gives you kind of an advantage when it comes to just letting it fly? I, uh, I really don't have an answer for you. Uh, I've, a lot of people have said the same thing. Like, aren't Canadians supposed to be polite? Like what the hell, like what is going on? Um, you know, it's just, it's something that, and like my brothers love, we love going at each other, you know, and it's like, it's all playful. And like, frankly, if people don't take it playfully on the field, they don't need to. Like I'm competing against you. I don't want you in the best mindset. I don't want your best player, which, and I'm going to say this right now because clearly the lacrosse world doesn't understand. Blaze Reardon is a good fucking goalie, like plain and simple. Um, Did I say he sucked? Like, yeah, everyone heard it. It clearly threw him off his game. He was clearly more focused with the little fucking asshole at the side of the crease talking shit to him the whole game than he was about, like saving the ball and how are you going to shut me up? Save the fucking ball. Um, fuck. I got, I got into the other game again. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, I, I don't think it's an Ontario thing. I, I just think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I, I, I also think that in, in something that people don't understand about chirping and, you know, like, I feel like I was a little comedic out there. It's just about making someone not like comfortable, make, making them feel uncomfortable. Like it could be. I'll tell you what. Everybody felt a little uncomfortable when those laughs, when the choker laughs were coming, just piercing through the broadcast. Loved it. I loved it. Is is now now is that is that a a, a, some some showmanship there? Is that a a a performative performative laugh or is that your your standard like someone just told a funny joke? Is that your your go to laugh? Well, like when when someone gets like a really funny joke, like that's how I'll laugh. But, like, obviously, it's loud and obnoxious so that everyone on the other team can hear it. Like, you got to beat him when he's down. When he, when he lets in a goal, he's mad. He doesn't want to hear anything. And if you hear some little piece of shit who only has one goal against you laughing at you, it's, like, the only thing you're thinking about. Oh, real yeah. quick. Spe- speaking of that, like, kind of – so I want to take us back real quick to that 2018 
uh, college across final four. So we've got Yale versus Albany. I, I, I believe it was the first game of the day on that Saturday. And uh, you guys had your way with them a little bit. And I, I think everyone who remembers that tournament remembers that Matt Gaudette had himself quite a championship weekend. So you might've had, it might've been like your third or fourth goal of the game. And as the defense and goalie is bring, they bring it in for the huddle to talk about what just happened how they lost you uh, <laughs> cutting through the crease and you sneak your way into the huddle um, that you want to talk about being up close in person to the goal and kicking them while they're down. You were right in there in the huddle. Um, talk, talk us through that one a little. Is that, was, was that something that I feel like that one had to have been planned a little, you had to have at least thought about that idea at some point before in your life. You know, I, I've always been like, like it's, I think it's hilarious. Like when someone's in a huddle and like, they're talking, you know, they're like really into it. They don't really notice the people around. So like there are a few times when I've just snuck in the huddles and like people haven't seen it. And I'm just like listening to them talk to each other, just like looking at them like, yeah, like what are we going to do here? But in the Albany game, I got in there, I got my arms around two of them. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, boys, how the fuck are we going to stop that kid? What the, like, what are we going to do? Like, oh my, and they're like, get the fuck out of here. You know, it's like. The only thing you didn't do is grab the goalie's water bottle and take a swig. I wish I did that. I wish I <laughs> Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I guess I haven't really thought about it before, but it was definitely, an, it, was, it was definitely an in the moment thing. Um, sorry, a bunch of people walking by me right now. Uh, we're, we're actually, uh, every, every day you're kind of stuck at the, the, the bubble complex. So, uh, we're here from like 10 to uh, 8 PM and there's people around all the time. So sorry about that. Have, have, have they, Oh, have they had to hide your uh, hotel room number from the rest of the league who who want retribution? Are are those concerns? I'm 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 sure. Like I mean, here's the other thing. It's like I I I get it. Like I get. It. I'm putting a target on my back. I can't stress that enough. And I'm not going to tell you that people aren't going to beat the crap out of me because I like people can definitely beat the shit out of me. Like I, I'm not thinking I'm unstoppable, but like people are acting like I'm going to talk shit, get hit. And then be like, oh no, like that really hurt, you know? Like, no, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand up, fucking scream, be like, great fucking hit or great punch in the mouth, and then I'm gonna keep doing what I do. Like, it's, it's just. Anyway, sorry, what were we talking about when uh, those people walked by? The, the uh, Albany. Oh yeah, the Albany. So, um, I mean, that was that had to have been the the biggest game where I felt myself and. Um, I mean, I guess both in terms of lacrosse and in terms of talking shit. I mean, I, I mean, thinking about it, I hit a bounce shot and I decided to turn my stick around and shoot it. Like it's like, I didn't shit. Um, but I did it. Um, you know, and like, I, I, like I said, like my teammates like feed off that shit, you know, it's like, he's being a clown. He's, he's, you know, it's just, I, I do what I do for my teammates and, um, for all the people out there, it is definitely calculated. What I say isn't calculated. That's definitely on the spot thinking, but I go into games being like target number one, target number two, like, let's see it. And most people try not to respond, but as soon as they respond, like second or third quarter, like, you know, you're in there, you know, you're in there. Blaze can say it all he wants to, that he didn't talk shit, but he did talk shit. So. You know, it's it, it it it's it's funny because the usually, you, 
like I, I'm a I'm a big chirp guy too. You know, the only the only like the kryptonite to a big chirp guy is is like I'm trying to think. You know, if there's another guy on the other team, it's just like you guys go back and forth and you feed on each other. But you know, it's almost some of the biggest kryptonite of of a big chirp guy is not a listening response, right? You know, if you can't if you if you've got a stone wall in front of you and you've got a guy who's just absolutely and you can't get in his shorts at all all game like that is that's the most frustrating thing do you think there's anybody in the league that you can't you can't get inside their shorts you know uh i i think names? i think i'm too new to the league to to i guess really know that but if mm. i had to guess i'd say like veterans like you know like um i don't know just like older guys like you know joe walters like kyle harrison brody merrill yep. like those guys have been around long enough they know how to respond because it's not like i'm new like, or I mean, I am new, but it's not like chirping's new. Like they've right. dealt with or sorry. Like I, I was mic'd up. Like I, I apologize. You all heard what I said. And I did warn NBC and the PLL, like maybe I shouldn't do get mic'd up the first, but you know, like people like that, people that have experience with chirping, I don't, I don't like, maybe, maybe I won't be able to get under their skins, but I guess only time will tell, but. It's an art form. It, it, tr it truly isn't. It truly is an art form. It's an energy that, that you, you get on the field that, uh, you know, and, and I, it's funny that we, it's funny that, you know, and, and may, you know, credit to the PLL and their media team because they capture every moment of the game, right? You know, credit to them for kind of, uh, it, it's just, it's not a new thing. And I think that everybody's like really blown it out of, uh, and, and I, no offense to you at all, but I think it has been blown out of proportion because this shit happens all fucking day we're just we are in there you're in we're in your ear able to hear it you know and you, you were you were being like rude but like nothing that you said was like you, you said he sucked and like uh uh go take take yourself out of the game walk to the hotel like nothing that you said was like oh my god that is a, a horrific act of verbal abuse like you were just yeah. you were just I take, giving it to him. I take a lot of pride and respect for myself being able to you know, like not let the heat of the game get the best of me because if I'm not being prejudiced, sexist, you know, racist or discriminatory to any group of people, I feel like I, I'm, there's nothing that I said was wrong. Like, it's like, this is something that like, I, I'm totally fine saying to you. And like, I guess cussing's fine nowadays. They let that fly. So, uh, yeah, like, I mean, I really don't see anything wrong with what I did. And, you know, like people around the league, some of them are like, yeah, that's how you play the fucking game. Um, some people are like, that's absolutely disrespectful. Like what a loser. And it's like, it, don't act like you fucking don't say shit. Like there are so many people that went on Twitter that are the worst human beings I've ever fucking met. Like, I, I don't even fucking want to hear it. And I'm not going to go on social media and fucking tweet out shit. Like, that's just not me. I'm going to do my fucking talking on the field. And I did this so that I can explain myself so that people don't think I'm just a fucking dickhead. You know, it's, it's calculated, it's for my team and I'm here to fucking win. So I'm going to get that leverage above you any way that I can, because I'm not the most athletic person. I don't have the hardest shot, you know, like this is my edge and people don't get that. So, yeah. I mean, may, maybe there's a, I mean, as, as far as like the reaction from like some people in the league, and again, we don't need to name names, but um, you know, they're, they're a little off base, on, but like maybe in with some of the fans, with you being so new to the game and I'm sure or new to the PLL, I'm sure that they've seen some of you from Yale, but like they, they might not know yet. Like all the people that are like, Oh, we only had one goal. Why is he talking? 
they might not know that like that is your style of play. So like maybe it'll take them a little bit longer to warm up to the idea. Um, so some of the other people, uh, Andy Towers, man, what a, the, um, but so, I mean, like, so, so, some of the people that are, that are react, like you have to know, like, again, like a- Andy, he drafted you again. I don't need you to say anything about Andy, but I'm already riled up I, about it right now. He drafted you. He had to know exactly what, who you are and what you're about and the type of, of, of what you bring to the table. He couldn't have been taken by surprise from that. He had to know that that was coming the entire time. And then he's going to act like, uh, just br- break like out a, the, break out the classless move on, on Twitter. Like ass and classless. Like, yeah. You know, I saw that, but like, you know, like I respect the shit out of that. Like, no, I didn't expect towers to be like, Hey guys, pipe down on Twitter. You know, like he's going to have his teams back as a good coach should no matter what happens. But he did also like go back when people were like, yeah, like I'm sure people in the back in the day were angels, you know, like, like kudos to him. Like he, he like accepted it, you know, like he was kind of like, like we need to move forward, but I have my guys backs and like, that's what he did. And I respect the shit out of him for that. As I mean, I, I also thought like I got a good laugh out of what he tweeted. I don't know if it was <laughs> like a laughing tweet, but I just like, it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, you know, like I, I respect the guy to the end. Uh, he was great with me while I was on the chaos for a couple days. Um, but uh, yeah, no, like uh, n- nothing but respect for the guy for sure. He's a team guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, there there we go. Like again, like people I, I just don't think that people understand what's going on here when they say oh like it's disrespecting the game like no it's actually quite the opposite like you're you're doing this to respect your teammates because like you know you're going to get laid out at some point so of you're going to take so you're going to take that for them so then all of a sudden jordan wolf and justin gutterding two of the best attackmen in the game are going to have more wide open chance like if anything you're setting yourself up to get absolutely crushed just so that they get more open looks. I don't know what's more respectful than that. And I mean, like, if you think about it, I'm just in the perfect spot to be talking shit the entire time. I'm a crease attackman. There's, it's a 360 degree angle of my own players and their players around me. Like it is a perfect opportune time to just throw chirps. And it's not even, it doesn't even have to hurt. Just fucking make people feel uncomfortable. You know, I, and like, Never mind. No, I just, I think that people, you know, for everyone saying that I got one goal, if like people clearly just don't understand lacrosse, if they think that I didn't have more to do with this game, you know, like it's, and it's not even about psyching blaze out, but it's about me being such like a, a douchebag and a presence that that second slide is so concerned about getting there earlier so that I don't do anything so that it's open on the backside, you know, like it's, it, it just blows my mind. Like so many, some of these people probably have never watched a lacrosse game before. And, you know, it really showed on, on the internet. You know, I, I, I totally agree with that. And, and, you know, you, you, you also had an effect on the internet because uh, we, I think you've taken a new place as the, as the, as the villain of the league, which used to belong to uh, Kyle Hartzell. Um, you know, uh, who, hold up real, real quick. Pay up Kyle. Yeah, pay up, Kyle. It's for Come the on. kids. It's for the kids. Got it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> you got you got to. That's 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 garbage. But um, so I you know I guess you kind of like assumed a, a role as like a, a a league villain, you know, and you've got your target on your back. But what I'm what I'm surmising from this is that you're 
perfectly fine with it. In fact, you welcome it. And uh, if it, if it gets to other people's heads, you know, that's, that's, that's that. And that's actually their problem. So, you know, I, I'm, I think that my biggest thing is like, you know, if you, if you have to sit there and to explain your 13 year old kid, you know, what's going on, like that's more telling of you and your parenting than yep. what, what, what God dad is doing on the field. So, um, you know, I, I, I'll, 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 I'll transition to, to something else, you know. So, you know, we've got, what, 17 games in 14 days left or something, something like that, right? You know, uh, how are you guys pushing forward? Because the Chrome were bottom two last year, right? They were not – I mean, they've got bottom two with some of the best talent. Um, what, what are you guys doing, you know, after that first game to, to move on to the next one? I, I think we're realizing that we – played a freaking horrible game um you know that we can win when we like it, it the, the fact that we were able to pull out a win when we played that poorly just shows how good we can be you know like I don't think I think we're going to take our lessons learned like offensively like schematically we weren't getting into it we weren't really spread out uh defensively sometimes we weren't really on the same page but you know we're just going to flush it and move on um I I think and I, I take this from coach Shea a win is the worst possible thing that could happen to a team, you know, like as, as, as good as it might be. And as, as obviously like the goal is to win in sports, but like, like to a team that is in a long tournament, winning the first game is probably the worst thing that could have happened for us. And I think our leaders have done a great job of kind of just, you know, turning the page and, and moving forward because realistically, and, and John Galloway said it like we're three and eight. Our total record's three and eight. We haven't done fucking shit. And, uh, you know, like we just keep bringing that intensity to practice, that, that those schemes, and uh, still getting used to each other because there's 12 new players on the team. But, um, you know, we're just we're, – we're, we're looking forward, and we're – as soon as that game was over, we were, we were thinking about the Redwoods. We, it, it did not – that game did not matter at all. You know, 12 new guys on the team is, is, uh, is pretty intense. And, we, you know, we talked to – we talked to RP three this week and, you know, he, you know, for him, you know, eight year guy in the league having to assimilate into a new team where, uh, you know, he's a plays, he's a crease attackman as well. Um, have you had any trouble assimilating? Do you guys have you, you know, you, you, you know, are you struggling in practice? Are you succeeding in practice? You know, uh, how different is it um, than, you know, playing with your boys for four years at, at Yale? So, I mean, I think you have a little experience with Gutty. Sure. So in one year with Gutty, but even then, like I, funny, funny enough, like at Salisbury when Gutty was gone, I think I was the ex attack. I mean, I was playing with Bradley Boyd as well. So it was definitely like, uh, what the fuck are we going to do here? But um, yeah, I was the ex attack. But um, shit. So I guess adjusting into the, the Chrome team was, um, I knew it was going to be an adjustment. Like the coaches warned me. Um, like the Duke guys haven't played with a crease attack before. I knew that they'd have to get used to it. Hell, my coaches even joked about putting a yellow jersey on me, being like, <laughs> we, we need to figure out, like, where you're going to be. Um, but no, like, I, I think, like, assimilating into this team has been, has been very fluid. All the guys have been very welcoming. And, uh, you know, like, I, I, I think they love – and I, I'd say this about any guy on our team. I think a lot of us would do a lot for each other even after just knowing each other for like a week, you know? And there's not a single guy on this team that 
I wouldn't like sit down and have an hour conversation with about fucking nothing, you know? And I don't think you see that on many teams in the PLL. And I think it was very critical. And I, it, this is a sidetrack. Never mind. Well, I, I just think that, like, I think a lot of PLL teams rely on their coaches to pick the team. Whereas when the Chrome brought in Coach Sudan, every single player that was brought in was like double checked with John Galloway, with Jordan McIntosh, with John Rannigan, you know, like the veterans on the team. They're like, is this guy a good locker room guy? Because some of these teams have some of the best players in the world, but they're terrible people. They're not good teammates. They just care about their stats. And I don't really see that on the Chrome. I think we have, we've got a lot of selfless players and I, I fucking love this team already. Bunch of guys being dudes. Um, exactly. Hey, I've, I've got one last question for you. Maybe Jake will have one more after this, mm-hmm. but um, my biggest question I'm assuming that you guys have uh, – you've probably got all your gear by now for the rest of the championship series. So in your locker room right now, I just need to know, did they give you guys a pair of pink socks to wear at any point during the season or have the pink socks on the Chrome been retired for the rest of eternity? You know, I I am not confident that they've been retired. Um, You know, maybe they give it to us next week. I really don't know. But at this time, we do not have any pink socks in our locker room. And a lot of the guys are thrilled about it. This is is great news. And hopefully hopefully we can keep it that way. I I don't know uh, who the equipment managers are over there, but I I don't know. We might have to get in contact with like a, like a oceans 11 type of situation in Utah and have them steal any pink socks that they find rolling around the equipment room. Exactly. Yeah. Just, they all disappear the next day. I don't know what happened. Um, You know, and then my, my final question would be is, you know, I I know that you don't really, you know, we we can't predict the future or anything like that, but uh, in in 2024, are you going to audition for the Joker? (laughs) <laughs> i mean if if, if, if it's an open role you know I, I think if if it keeps getting more buzz they might actually consider me so who knows i guess we'll only see in four years i guess we'll, I, we'll have to see and i'm we'll, i'm gonna be counting on that okay all right you'll, you'll have plenty of tape to use as your audition reel by then so of course i hope so i hope so all right, well, Matt, thanks for, uh, thanks for hopping on with us. Thanks for explaining yourself and, uh, you know, good luck out there. We've got, uh, Chrome versus Redwoods. Um, again, not entirely sure what day this episode is going to drop. So, um, but there's a chance that it's Chrome versus Redwoods tonight. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, 9:30 PM on NBCSN. You can also catch Matt Audette and the Chrome taking on the archers Thursday, July 30th, 9.30 p.m. on NBC Sports Gold. Uh, who knows? Maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll mic this guy up again. Seem, seemed to be some decent entertainment. So thanks maybe, for coming maybe on. Maybe take a game off to prove to people that I didn't just do it for clout, and they'll hear me through other people's mics. There we go. All right, buddy. Uh, hey, good luck out there the rest of the way. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, guys. Have a good one. All right. Thanks again to Matt for hopping on. Uh, hopefully, if, if you guys listened to that full interview, hopefully some of you who, uh, you know, were, were a little a little anti-Matt Gaudet before listening to this episode, hopefully you've changed your ways at the end. Um, but either way, who, who gives a shit because championship series is still going on. There's still plenty of lacrosse to talk about and, you know, it doesn't all have to be about chirps. Uh, But yeah, so moving on, 
As we mentioned in the beginning of this episode, we are currently recording this. It's uh, Monday night. Uh, so this will be right before the Atlas and Archers game. So Grant Ament making his PLL debut. You're listening to this right now. It's already happened. You know how it goes, but we're, you know, so you're going to be listening to the past in the future. So we're, we're just going to do a little choose your own adventure here and, and see who ends up being right. So uh, Jake, uh, how, how did, how did, uh, how did Grant Ament do in his PLL debut tonight? Okay, so I think that Ament comes out. I think they. I think he's quiet. I think he's quiet to begin with. I, th- I think Will Manny. I think Marcus Holman get on the board first. I think he starts to heat up in the second quarter. We see something. We see something silly like a behind the back assist. Uh, Ament says hello. I'm here, and then he just turns it on. I think he gets. You know, he go. He goes into the first half maybe with a point or two. He comes out in the second half, and I think he absolutely lights it up. Uh, we see uh, some ankles broken behind the cage. Um, we see a couple behind-the-back silly passes. Uh, I think he ends up with seven. All right, uh, seven points. Uh, I, I, and I would probably hammer the over if that was a prop bet. I don't, I don't know if that's proper language, but I, I would say Grant Amet has more than seven points. So, um, so you, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first after you saw it last night. Congratulations to Grant Ament, now leading the PLL in points with seven after just one game. Yes, you did. You, you, you heard that first. I think he's going to be wheeling and dealing. I think he's going to be distributing the ball. Uh, we're going to see something. We're, we're, we're going to see him freestyling. We are. He's just, that's, that's the nature of the beast. I loved every minute of it. It was it was as good of a debut as you could possibly ask for. Uh, personally, the way I, I I saw the game go down, um, I mean this this was Granament versus Rob Pinnell, right? Mm-hmm. Th- this is the 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 teacher and the student, the master and the protege, um, and really what this is, it's it's Darth Vader versus Luke Skywalker. Uh, so. Eventually, I think that the two of them are just going to need to fight at midfield, um, you know, because there can Fair. only be there can only be one. The battle between good and evil, um, the battle between the ankle socks wearers of the world. Uh, but you know, he Grandman's just not ready for it. He's still he's still a young Padawan, so he's going to need some help from you know maybe Marcus Holman will step in um, and, and be the Obi Wan Kenobi in this situation. Unfortunately, Marcus Holman he's dead now. He got slayed by Rob Pinnell. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, Will Manny just you know now now Will Manny's going to have to teach young young Grandman as the Yoda uh, Ian McKay big time Chewbacca vibes from Ian McKay. So um, yeah, the, a, a new hope is born. Yes. Um, the empire is going to strike back maybe in, in the playoffs, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a really a wild game. I can't believe that the refs didn't do anything to step in to stop it. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, great job out of a for, for staying alive. And I think he's really going to come through in the third installment of this trilogy. I mean, I think that's a pretty fair assessment and I think everybody, uh, everybody listening is going to, you know, they're, it's probably not going to go like either of us said, and we're just going to sound like total idiots, um, which is perfectly fine. We're used to that. We love that. We embrace that. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, a 930 game. Well, it's only 730 there. Time zones, 
times just don't matter. I think I think seven thirty under the lights is probably, you know, right in everybody's prime time. You know, something something I'd like to something I have to note about the Atlas is you know being being a hair guy myself. Um, the Atlas is is leading the league right now with nice hair. Like Brian Costabile is growing a nice head of lettuce. All right, that's like that's Tuesday. Just got the inventory refreshed at Kroger. Nice. Okay, and he's a blonde guy Just too. Like, really... like like the little bit of the of the mist in the display. Exactly. Case like the like, like the like the thundercloud sound before the, the 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 mist comes on on the fresh vegetables. That's how fresh the the lettuce is looking. Uh, our man Joel Tenney grew his out. He wasn't rocking any last year. He was real crew cut. He's growing his out as well. And then there's a uh, there's a third. Anyway, there's a, there's, Co- there's Co- Costabile's does look like he has Costabile's lettuce ceiling is just pure arugula. It's uh, it's fantastic. I mean, so they're they're looking good, and I think everybody. I mean, Callum Robinson's always had long hair, so I mean, he's he's you know settle, steadily rocking that. But you know, everybody's everybody's looking good. Everybody's been working out in the off season. You know, props to Ian McKay. It looks like he'd slim down a little bit. Um, not that we have anything, you know, have any problem with being big boys. Like I'm six feet, two hundred. Oh, you know what? Pounds, Ian, Mc- like- Ian McKay and uh, and Brad Smith. Ah, yeah. So far, two two top quality uh, mustachioed men in the PLL. Um, That's right. Also, I think uh, who, who was it? Someone was in the box uh, with Trevor Baptiste in that Water Dogs. I think maybe Unterstein or Unterstein. I don't know which one he is. Um, but I think I think Unterstein has was rocking a, uh, a like a strong like uh, like small town community cop uh, mustache. Definitely, he was he was. Well. Uh, Stranger Things Police Department. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Hopper, exactly. Hopper. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's actually uh, a f- friend of the program at Jane Zim on uh, on Twitter pointed out to me uh, earlier that uh, the Ian McKay roster pick this year is just a straight. You could replace some Photoshop Borat in there, and you wouldn't be able to mm-hmm. tell the difference. So. Um, yeah, so hopefully Ian McKay gets himself on the board tonight, and that would be uh, a very nice. <laughs> uh, I never want to get to the age where a good Borat joke doesn't just make me giggle. Uh, Borat, Borat references and high bouncers, they both always go. They both always go, right? Hey, that's, that's insane. You know you know who's not rocking a head of lettuce is, Scott, is my man Scott Ratliff. He, he cut his – you know, going for the new look, maybe he was a little disappointed, you know, kind of like Kavanaugh changed his number, right. Which is a total, like, that's huge. Like, I don't think people understand, like you rock with a number for, for, for a very long time. He absolutely changed his number. He was like, yeah, I sucked in that one. I'm going to do something else. Scott Ratliff may be doing kind of the same thing. You know, he rocked the lettuce for a while. Now he's not. So, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of guys and their superstitions may be being broken here. So that that's, that's, you kind of, you kind of like to see that. You know, yeah, guys trying new stuff. Nicasello also not rocking ahead of lettuce this year. Um, yeah, right, well, and that, that might not be by choice, but uh, you know that guy. 
Um, we're we're, going to wrap things up here a little bit. Uh, there are two games tonight. So again, people that are listening on Tuesday, two games tonight, just give me, give me your winner here, Jake. We've got, uh, the first game 7 PM on both of these games are on NBC sports network tonight. Uh, so we've got archers now again, archers. We just saw them play against the Atlas last night. Um, Marcus Holman going down as the Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, so they'll be without him tonight, but uh, archers and water dogs. So water dogs getting their second crack at it. Archers playing at nine 30 the previous night, now seven the next day. So not a ton of rest for them. Who do you got coming out on this one? I don't know you first. I'm going to go ahead again. This is, we, we haven't seen this Monday night game yet, but I'm going to say Archers win. Archers beat the Atlas, right? So okay. uh, I'm all, I agree. So, so we heard Matt Gaudette tell us that Coach Andy Shea said that a, a win is the worst thing that could happen to a team. I don't understand that at all because the whole point of the game is to win, but I don't know. He coaches at Yale and has won a national championship, so maybe this reverse psychology works for him. Um, but so if they just won – and the Redwoods just lost a close one, or not the Redwoods, the Water Dogs just lost a heartbreaker. I'm going to flip-flop that. I think that the Water Dogs come out here. They're ready to go. They're going to get, they're going to get out to a lead. They're going to make sure that they don't lose that lead like they did against the Atlas. So I got Water Dogs. Mm, that makes sense. I'm going to take Archers in both and then Chrome big over the Redwoods. Yeah, so you guys can catch Matt Gaudette and the Chrome taking on the Redwoods. Again, NBCSN, this is a 9.30 game tonight. Um, yeah, I, I, I love the way that that Chrome offense was, was buzzing uh, in that second half against the Chaos. I think that, um, you know, I think that there are a lot of guys on this Redwoods defense who kind of um, – they see themselves as, as these big, bad bullies of the game. Uh, and I think that a lot of them are really going to want to take a shot at Gaudette. And I think that that's going to, I, th- I think that Gaudette's going to play his role perfectly. That's going to open up the, the floor for Jordan Wolf and Gus- Justin Gutterding to do their thing. Um, so I think, you know, I think right off the bat, there are so many guys who want to go after Gaudette. It'll take them off their game and Chrome come out on top of this one. Um, Sorry, I was just, I was just laughing and just laughing at Nick Casello uh, tweeting something at Greg Corinlian. Everyone, if you're listening, please go check what he tweeted at Greg Corinlian. Um, no, I tell I, Chrome. The Chrome is going to get, uh, you know, Gaudet's going to get under some skin. Um, you know, there, there's a possibility that some of these Redwoods guys will uh, react to the to Gaudet, and I mean. Before you go into that game, you know, in the Redwoods locker room, you know, somebody, Nat St. Laurent, Nat St. Laurent, 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 whatever. Coach Nat is going to have to remind these guys that they will serve a suspension for throwing a punch. So, you know, it, it may not be in their best interest. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know what he would say. <laughs> Acello doesn't seem like a guy that you can chirp for very long without receiving something. So, We'll see if Godet's going to get popped. I think it's going to happen early on in that Redwoods game to set a tone. If you don't shut him up early, or do or, or shut him up early on the scoreboard or anything like that, he he has a possibility to run away with it. So, 
that one, you know, I still think the Chrome are going to come out on top, but the strategy there would be to come out hot and, and early. I'll tell you what, I, at the beginning of this tournament, I did not anticipate the Chrome being must-watch television, right. um, but here we are. That's the PLL. Anything can happen. Any given Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 11 p.m., Thursday, any given day, anything could happen. Um, but, yeah, so that is it for uh, today's episode. Um, listen, you guys are going to have to work with us a little bit here on the schedule for the rest of the week. We're going to try to get out another episode uh, for Friday, uh, you know, recapping the rest of these games and, and previewing uh, this coming weekend's get a uh, little peek behind the curtain here. Uh, I'm moving this week, so I've got a bunch of packing, a bunch of shit that I have to do. Uh, Jake has his entire light. Like, you guys might not know this or not, but Jake doesn't just, like, sit behind a microphone and talk about lacks all day. Um, so he, he's, he's got his shit that he has to do. So we're going to try to pump out a second episode this week. If we don't, don't fuck yell you. At yeah, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Shut the fuck up. Um, but while you do that, we are going to be keeping it low to high to the day we die. This is what I am. We Money I see, clothes that I buy, ice that I wear, clothes that I try, close your eyes, picture me rolling, sixes, money falling, chickens, honeys that swollen, the riches, knives get in ya, most critically acclaimed, Pulitzer, prize winner, best storyteller, thug narrator, my style's greater, model data, big threat to a lot of you haters, commentators ringside try, watching my paper, almost a decade, quite impressive, most of the best is in the S's, but it's rap stuff that I stand for, expanding more to the big screen, Bill Gates dreams, but it seems you'd rather see me in jail with state greens want me off the scene fast but good things last like your favorite mc still making some mean cast first rapper to bring a platinum plaque back to the projects but you still want to hate be my guest i suggest do it now